This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Ignition Inc. 2016, Artist Alley Evolved. It is January 30th, 2016 from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Over 40 different artists and creators are selling artwork and creations. The tables will be filled with artists, creators, game board designers, authors, and more. Also, dues the first 100 people through the door get free burn bags. As well as there's going to be some amazing special cosplay guests. As well as the Cantina Arcade, which is sponsored by our friends from Free Play Florida and the Pinball Lounge. Yep, they're going to have a variety of arcade games and pinball machines, and there's going to be console video game tournaments sponsored by the Hourglass Brewery. Also, the Renaissance Nerds will be painting live at 1 p.m., and they're amazing. They're three artists on one canvas. You can't miss it. The Coffee Shop of Horrors is going to be there giving out free coffee samples. They'll be selling their coffees. And, of course, our boys from AG at Productions will be taking pictures in front of their green screen. And Deuce is going to be an official after party at the Hourglass Brewery starting at 6 p.m. Following video game tournaments, special deals, delicious brews, live performances by musician Billy Floyd and the dance group Mystic Flares. That's right. And all you got to do is go to www.ignitioninc.com or facebook.com forward slash ignition inc the tickets are six dollars online or they're going to be eight dollars at the door you definitely want to check it out and don't forget to tell them that the happy Happy hour with with johnny and deuce sent you My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, you got my main man, my partner in crime, Deuce. Are you winded after that? That's no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I actually could have went longer. I didn't, even, I didn't really inhale. I should have inhaled. No, like, never inhale. <laughs> that's true. Of course, uh, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a Deuce salute. Yes, sir. <sighs> good times. Good times. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Mm. Of course, uh, we love to have friends with us, and we, uh, do. we have our good friend Corey. Yep. He actually, if you little we'll pull back the curtain, he's actually been on a few episodes. Yeah, uh, indirectly and directly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> indirectly. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple times you were talked about. It. I don't yeah. know if you listened. So. Yeah. Whenever my name is dropped, I definitely listen to those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does Kyle give you the like send it to you like the text message? Hey, heads up, heads up, heads up. I think Deuce actually sends me a message. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anything to get a couple extra plays. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, we totally talked about you. You better listen to this. Shameless yeah. plugs. Yeah, shameless plugs. All about them. And, of course, the uh, big thing is um, Corey is part of our XFL League. Yeah. And uh, that's a, we've had a, an episode last year on that. He's also part of our wrestling, uh, wrestling talk as well. We've had wrestling episodes in the past. So we've all kind of, you know, we like to bring our friends in that you've heard before, and uh, they always give us some great insight. And, of course, um, what's your Twitter handle? At Gordo Gringo. Okay, Jew, Jew, G O R D O G R I N G O. Perfect. Gordo Gringo on the old Twitter machine, and of course, uh, we're on there as well at HH Podcast Show. And of course, uh, if you can tell by the title of this episode, this is episode 129. This is the Force Awakens spoiler cast. So, uh, what does that mean, Deuce? That means we're going to be talking all about the Force Awakens. So, this is a time where if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want any spoilers, you need to walk your speakers and go turn it off, 
You need to walk to your computer and turn it off. You need to do whatever. Unplug you your headset right unplug now. Unplug your headset right now. But come back to us after you've watched. The after Force you watch the movie, don't don't totally because skip the episode. The cool thing is, this is this is probably the first time this has happened. Really, uh, no, the three of us haven't talked to each other ahead of time, so I have no idea if they they might both hate it. Yeah. I don't know, but so that that's what's so cool about this is, and it's okay if we have differing opinions because I want to. I've been reading and combing the internet uh, for different ideas and thoughts, and um, I'm looking forward to kind of getting. You know, and as you're walking to your computer to turn the speakers down or, or turn the episode on pause or whatever you need to do until you see the movie, don't forget we're going to be going to Sci-Fi Bartow, and that's going to be February 20th. So don't forget, come out and see your boys at Sci-Fi Bartow on February 20th. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a huge event. We've done yeah, it last awesome. year. Yeah, it was a great turnout. We're the official podcast for yep. the event, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, I think we've given everybody plenty enough time to get away from yeah, from please. this yeah. if they need to. So let's get right down to the spoilers. Okay, well, first of all, before we get into the spoilers, I actually want to um, just a sentence or two thoughts on the movie. We'll break it down in full f- full detail. Corey, since, he, since I'm putting you on the spot since you're our guest, and I want you to give a, a out of ten score as well. That Ooh. way, once everyone knows where our heads are, then we can dive deep into it, like why and how and what do you want more? What are you looking forward to the next movie? It, do you think you can? Out of ten, I would, I would say it's a solid eight out of ten. Okay. I mean, it, it delivered, you know, as a fan, it delivered. It gave me what I wanted. It set up so much more potential stuff in the future. Sure. Um, there's some people even throwing uh, Best Picture award sure, at this. Sure. I don't see that happening. Overall, really good. Uh, Overall, good I really enjoyed you. it. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff I loved, minor things that I didn't really sure. like. So 8 out of 10 from Corey. Deuce, wh- 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 how about you? 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for yeah. Deuce. I would say if I was going to like give it like a peanut, I would say I liked it, I didn't love it. Okay. So, so Deuce liked it but didn't love it. Um because I'm such a geek. Um, I've already seen it twice already. Uh, and actually was the first Floridian to see it um, in in Florida. And at 7 p.m. Um, at the Thursday night showing at 7 p.m. Uh, over in Altamont with our good friend Mark B. Lee. He was in the same theater. I got to see him. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was actually in the same theater, which is really cool. Uh, I loved it. It was everything I wanted and more. Um, 9 out of 10 for me. So it's nice oh, differing wow. opinions here. Yeah, so we nice. got the, kind of the whole board, so yep. that's cool. And, I, and obviously I'll give you guys my explanations and reasons, but... Let's just kind of talk about Star Wars in general, like because I want to kind of give everyone. Everyone's heard Deuce's story, yeah, yeah. like how he heard it. He only saw Return of the Jedi first, and he said, "Oh, there's more Star Wars movies." And go back and ch- check out those episodes. Awesome stuff. We kind of kind of break that down a little bit, but I don't really know if I know Corey's backstory on Star Wars. Um, How'd you get into it? Well, kind of interesting. Um, I'm trying not to make it a tearjerker because I mean that might be silly, but this is kind of a tearjerker for me. Um, my uncle. Kurt was actually the first person to ever sit down and watch a Star Wars movie with me, and um, I was hooked, like, from a kid. I was just hooked, and I used to have all these toys, action figures, collectibles, everything. Um, I didn't keep it in the boxes, unfortunately. I still know where most of my figures are, um, but my Uncle Kurt passed away uh, just a few months ago, actually, and so he's got a son, my cousin, and, you know, I kind of made it a point when this movie comes out, I am taking my cousin to go see this. And, you know, it was kind of like a in memory of my uncle kind of thing for me. And I explained that to my cousin and, you know, he w- he loved the movie. He thought it was great. And I don't know that 
he's he's never really he couldn't remember any previous Star Wars. He's he yeah. says I know I saw him as a kid, but I honestly don't know or remember what's all going on in the story. So he came out of it and loved it. So I yeah, thought that was a really right cool moment. Yeah, through the whole movie because me and Corey yeah break it down together like me Corey his wife Tia and then Logan and Logan was right next to me and then it was Corey and then Tia on the wall and uh yeah we all saw it together and we had we had a good time like 3D IMAX oh yeah I was gonna ask yeah what version did you see little the glasses were a little the glasses like I don't like the glasses which theater was it the the Sinopolis Sinopolis okay dude that IMAX is baller like I'm I'm watching everything in IMAX from now on Uh, I don't need the 3D part but the (laughs) IMAX I'm all about so sure um, I saw it twice, like I said. Um, my first time I saw it with uh, my really good friend, Robert Morskowski, um, and my friend TJ, uh, Brandon. Let me see if I go down the line. Neil. Um, there was a bunch of you in that picture from uh, Alehouse. Yeah, uh, Sean O'Connor and his wife, Jackie. Um, and of course, uh, Therese, uh, Robert's uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Long. I think that was all of us. It was a good group. It was a good, yeah. like, ten of us. And we were at the Altamont Theater, like I said, and it was 3D IMAX. And I, I actually haven't seen an IMAX 3D IMAX film since Avatar, so I don't, wow. I just don't go and see IMAX films very much. But now we have Cinopolis as an yeah, option because before close the out. closest yeah. IMAX theater was either like Point Orlando or Tampa, Tampa yeah, or yeah. something. It was like it was really f- far to try to find a theater. But now yeah. it's nice to have Cinopolis. You know, they have that nice IMAX theater there. Yeah, and it's only like 10, 15 minutes away. From yeah, us, so which is great. Nice. We saw Jurassic World up there, like opening night, 3D IMAX. I was hooked. Yeah. Yo, you're <laughs> nice. like from now on. I'm only oh, they doing gave 3D us, IMAX. They gave us free uh, popcorn, like Jurassic World buckets. Nice. Uh, and you got a free T-shirt. Free T-shirt. That's awesome. Jurassic World T-shirts. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it was great. <laughs> now I got, I got a weird question to kind of off to the side to ask you: Were the glasses better the night you went to see Jurassic World than they were than we went? No, they were the same. Were they? Okay. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, because I was wondering if maybe they had been recycling them so much in the past right. couple days. That's why they kept fogging up so bad. I definitely had to like take them off and wipe them oh, off. Oh, I did like my, three or four I times. Don't know, maybe it's just me, but my eyebrows kept brushing the. Yeah, oh, the sure. Sweat. Yeah. It was the sweat sure. right up here, like from the nose of your sure. brow and like your eyebrows that kept fogging everything up. So. Well, I typically I'm not a fan of 3D movies. It's not that 3D isn't good. It's just. There's like a motion blur effect you get with 3D, um, and sure they perfected it a lot. Because I remember back in the day when you thought 3D, you thought of cheesy, like whoa, zoom in, zoom out. No, no one does that anymore. It's, it's yeah. like 3D is actually movies are shot in 3D now. Like they're intentionally shot that way, where like you, it's more 3D isn't meant to be like wow you. It's meant to kind of give you more of a feel, depth of field, depth, you know. Yeah. Like you know, you, the dimension, like how far away you are from something. Supposed to make you kind of like in the movie. Feel like you're yeah. involved. Like you're you're actually like a fly on the wall and. I think they did a really great job. I, I think with the 3D portions, it, there was this awesome shot I have to talk about where the the Star Destroyer is like yeah, coming. Yeah, I know exactly that which one you're talking about. perfect because it gave you that scope that you wouldn't normally get. On a t- I mean, you could tell the Star like Destroyer. the front of the point was just coming right out of the screen. It was I awesome, it. dude. I was like, wow. It's like in the, it was in the theater. You know, like you got that full magnitude of like how big that, that Star Destroyer was. And they, I mean, it overall was more of the depth of field, like how far away things were. It kind of gave you more of the scope, the idea, like, hey, yeah. this is a big world we're in. And they I, didn't do anything cheesy, like, here comes a lightsaber, no, everybody no. duck, <laughs> right through your head. Oh, my head's gonna get cut off. No, yeah. no, it was nothing like that. It was actually really well done. And it's like I said, the first IMAX film I've seen since uh, Avatar, which that was a great experience for me too. That's for another another discussion. But so we saw the first time it was 3D IMAX, and then the next time I saw it with my son, um, I went with Robert again and uh, my son, and 
um, Robert's goddaughter Kinsley, we all went to the let's see, what was it? Uh, festival, not Festival Bay, Artagon. Artagon. Artagon, formerly known as uh, Festival Bay, and uh, we went to the uh, Cinemark there, and just regular 2D, n- nothing 3D yeah. or anything like that. A, because I wouldn't know how my kids react to 3D glasses because they've never done it before, and uh, the experience. Uh, sure, I loved, I loved, I loved the 3D IMAX part, but like the film itself is still good. It's just as better if you know. It's just the 3D. IMAX part is more like icing on the cake, sort of, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, but let's talk about the movie real quick. This movie has been in the making for a couple years now, and I remember all three of us are Star Wars fans, obviously. Um, we went and saw the movie. Because it takes a lot for Deuce to go opening, you know, the yeah. first week. Because uh, you said that before. It takes a lot for me to go to a movie, period. Yeah, because so it is, it is difficult, you know. And, of course, uh, Corey's a parent as well. You know, you and Tia have uh, yeah. actually have another one on the way, too. Another Congratulations, second, by second the way. Second child on the way. Which is exciting. Um yeah, we've kind of resorted to when we go to a movie, we just plan on going to the drive-in theater over in Lakeland. Kid can cry all she wants. Is that and the Silver Moon? Yeah, drive-in? Silver Moon. Oh, drive-in. it's still there. That's awesome. And That's uh, cool. so we usually do that, which we're planning to do for probably the second and third time we go see Star Wars. We want to take Lexi to go see that. Nice, so. nice. That's cool. Yeah, I love the Silver Moon drive-in. I've been, I've been, I used to listen to movies there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's cool that the Superman Drive-In was in there. There's actually a really cool venue. It's it's been around a long time too. I think since the 70s, right? Uh, I have no idea, but I know a lot of old people go, "Oh yeah, that's still over there." You still got the double screen and all that. Yep, two yeah, screens. That's awesome. So you get the, you know, it's a good, awesome, cheap date. You go and in and have a good time. And, big uh, movies like that, oh, super cheap. It's like four dollars yeah, a person or it's something. Awesome. What? But um, big movies like that, they'll play them back to back. So if I really want to see it more than once, I can sit there and watch it twice in a row. Yep. Which I did for Jurassic World. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because uh, did your wife had to talk you out of not going to see it again at the theater like yeah. the same day? I saw it three you were times. Like, yeah, yeah, you were like, I want to go again right now. And your wife's like, no, <laughs> not right now. Yeah. Like, he was ready to like go back in line and get another ticket. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, so we're all Star Wars fans, and this was like, let's kind of go back in time just in case people don't know the story. Lucas, of course, made the six previous films and of course we all have a special I place. believe it started with a long long time ago Johnny and a galaxy <laughs> far yeah, that's true good point good point um, but Lucas of course made those films and the prequels are very often maligned there's there's people out there that love all six but usually it's either one or the other either you're you're okay with all of them or do you only love the original trilogy uh, how about you guys what's your thoughts original trilogy originally only we can get rid of the other three yeah. I don't say get rid of them I just think they could have been done a lot better yeah. I st- I went back and watched some of the. Because you went and started at one and went all the way through, didn't well, you? Before the new one came out, I kind of jumped around with the newer trilogy, but I I definitely wanted to watch the original trilogy before I went and saw this, right? Just to kind of refresh everything. Sure. And uh, but when I got to the newer trilogy, the differences like were just night and day, and I was like, man, you could just tell the entire new trilogy was shot on a green screen, right? Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. kind of you know it was kind of a letdown. Well, that was one. I always go to this meme that I've seen online. We've all seen it, where there's a picture in 1977, Lucas with his arms crossed, and there's all these miniatures and puppets and like all the stuff behind him. And then you see 1999, it's just him in front of a green screen. <laughs> because that's the thing is like, we have to sure people knock. Let, let's just say this real quick. People knock Lucas because the the, the dialogue was kind of weak and some of the character choices are weird and just the people. I think the main problem with the prequels was the whole trade federation. No one cared. About yeah. that, like you got bored to tears. Yeah, there was too much of that. In too there. much of that. I, I think that some of the characters were okay. I mean, I love Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. I thought oh, he yeah. was great. You know, Qui Gon Jinn was really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was good things in it. It's it's just 
it felt like a hodgepodge of just randomness that didn't make sense. Like you put him together. I actually like Count Dooku as a character. I think he, he has a very fascinating backstory. And but it just felt like overall, it's like there was just horrible dialogue. I don't care how well of an actor you are, if you're giving right. horrible dialogue. Like Natalie Portman, like Natalie, her dialogue oh was gosh. horrendous. <laughs> Natalie, her delivery was like awful. But they gave him like two weeks to do this stuff. So it was and another thing is like you're, you're acting to nothing. Like that was one thing that if you watch that amazing like documentary of the first uh, episode one, I, I forget the name what's what it's called. I think it's called In the Beginning or something like that. But they they just do the whole behind the scenes of episode one. And I remember just seeing like you McGregor like having to act to like a pole with the picture on it. Like how do you how do you inflict emotion? How do you yeah. display that? It's really difficult. So like these actors, these award winning Oscar winning actors are just like ah, they did the best they could. But they only you're only as I really believe this. You're only as good as the dialogue that you're given. Like you can act it out and be really well with it. But I don't really think you can be that great with it. But anyways, prequels aside, prequels had ups and downs. Well, what's funny before you move on with this? Sure. Um, my brother and his wife have been watching. They they binge watched the entire series before going to see the new one. Sure. Um, because Monica, to my knowledge, had never like watched an entire Star Wars movie all the way through. I don't think she had either. Yeah, no, I think it was all oh, wow. fresh to her. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So they, I think they went chronologically and started yeah, with they episode started one, at one and then went all the way then through. Ended with Return me. of the Jedi. And which they finished supposedly finished last night, and I think he's on his way to see episode seven right now as we speak. So, um, but the funny thing is, is he was watching them with his wife. I was watching them with my wife, and when we both got to episode one, um, the conversation went. Uh, we're talking on the phone, and Kyle says, "Yeah, so." Of course, we get to episode one, and Monica likes Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> First thing when we're start when we start watching episode one, my wife goes, "Oh, I don't see what the problem with him is. I like Jar Jar Binks." I was like, "You would." <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's give Lucas some credit because if, Lucas has always been a pioneer of technology. Like he was the one that started Industrial Light and Magic oh, back yeah. back in the day. Like so, like he's the one that created not created but started the. Pixar movement, like he's the one that helped that out. Right. He's also the guy who, you know, Jar Jar, love him or hate him, he was the very first full live CG animated character in a full length feature. No one had ever yeah. done that before. <laughs> that was groundbreaking from a technical aspect. Yeah. So love him or hate him, that was revolutionary. And that and, and because of Jar Jar, we got Gollum and Lord of the Rings. And that's, <laughs> a, I mean, seriously, I know it's, a, yeah. it sounds weird to say that, but that's the main reason. And we got Planet that. of the Apes. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, it was awesome. So like that, that's Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, that's all because I think of Andy Circus actually has to cut a check to Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so now that he has a job just because of that guy. Nissan Rich. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, my God. Uh, Did but Andy Circus play Jar Jar Binks? To like no. In the no, no, oh, no, no, no. We're joking. Was like, it was actually a Jamaican guy that played him. Yeah, I forget honestly. his name. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, um, yeah, no, it's just – it's. There, there, and I actually think – I think most of us agree that, uh, that Revenge of the Sith was the best of the original prequels. Because I think the problem is, is – and I won't stay too much longer on this, but I feel like the problem was is the main thing – I can forgive a lot of things, and you know, I'm not. A, I feel like the older you get, the more cynical you get about right. life. Like you, you can like overanalyze it and yeah. dissect it too much, and with anything. And I feel like the part that I can't forgive is the Metaclorians. Like the whole, you know, it's your blood count, and it's like it all determines on it. You know, and there was this awesome documentary that you guys could go check out called "The People vs. George Lucas." It breaks down all the fans and and you know the backlash they have against the prequels and it's really really well done. Um, it's on Netflix actually. You it's can really watch good. Insta Q. Yeah, so. it's really really good. But the Metaclorians, uh, it made you go because I felt like when we watched the original trilogy, I felt like 
anyone could be a Jedi. Like it's it's yeah. like your be- religion almost. Like you could believe in it, and like it it flows the it binds the galaxy together. Like it flows through you. Anybody like every- could learn how and to do it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, and I felt like with the Metaclorian, you're like, oh well, your blood count says you can't. You right. know what I mean? Like that doesn't. It really kind of turned it on its head. And I love how J.J. Abrams had a quote when he was doing it. He was like, uh, "That's that's the prequels. This is what I'm doing." And I, I think that's cool. But he still respects it. He didn't say, "All right, well." They didn't I happen. I thought they had a line like in episode two or episode and three that they never read. That. They never retconned it. Actually, really? I, I listened. I, I watched the prequels again recently too, and they, I, I never heard them retcon it, um, which is whatever. But they don't bring it up anymore, which is good. Anyway, so that's the prequels. Of course, the original trilogy is is what started it all. I mean, George Lucas, love or hate him, now he was a brilliant mind at that time. Untouchable. The original trilogy, like yeah. it's good the way it is. Don't touch, don't touch it. it. Yeah, and that. Great movies, awesome. It's the rise of the hero, right? I mean, it's uh, George Lucas based all of his works on Dr. Joseph Campbell, who wrote the story of the hero, right? The rise and fall of the hero, the, the study, the the literal and phys- figurative steps you'd have to take to become a hero, and and the villains and the antagonists that you'd meet along the way, and then also, of course, your friends and whatnot. So I think Star Wars hits all of us in a personal way in a different way, and I think that's why it's te- standing the test of time. But let's be honest, the last 17 years... Star Wars, because of the prequels, has kind of dropped off. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's still fans, hardcore fans like us, but like they've just kind of dropped off in the media. And that was one of the things I don't know if you guys noticed, but Star Wars is back. Oh like, man, dude! I went to Seven Eleven and saw Star Wars stuff. I went to Dollar General and saw Star Wars stuff. I went all the way to like a uh, Dunkin' Donuts and they had Star Wars stuff in there. I'm like, dude, yeah. that's so weird. Like it's everywhere now. Oh yeah, like, it's it, back. It's back. Like, and that's good because the media, everyone's kind of taking grasp of it. Like Star Wars is a, r- a real thing now. It's it's back and it's in the limelight. And now, of course, we have December 17th for some of us. And the December 18th and on, uh, we had The Force Awakens, which is Episode 7, directed by J.J. Abrams. Now, that was also a malign thing that people went into the movies because some people hated some people hated the Star Trek reboot. Um, Deuce was maligned on it. What did you think of the prequels or the uh, Star, Star Trek? Trek um, okay, now, I am, I'm Star Wars all the way. I'm honestly not a Star Trek guy at all. I like the new movies. So did I. I thought I'm not connected to it like a lot of people are. Like you could like, we've talked about the new upcoming one. Yeah. And it's like, you could throw anything you want at me from Star Trek, and I'll just accept it at face value. Sure. I don't know a whole lot of the history. You saw the new trailer, and you're like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And I'm like, fuck this movie. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that in another episode. Yeah. Corey's going to join us. Corey's going to join us in another episode uh, soon about that. But see, like I grew up. Well, we'll just talk about that Star Wars, Star Trek segment, another one. But not. <laughs> but there was a lot of people that kind of felt like, all right, he's tackling huge, two huge franchises. He, he, he. Some people thought he messed up the Star Trek franchise. So people were kind of like, if you go into a movie already being negative, it's kind of hard to have something change you, you know. And I felt like that was like a huge thing with the Force Awakens. People were like, oh, well, it's J.J. Abrams. I didn't like. Well, plus he's taking the reins of the two. Uh, what would you say? Holy grails of sure. uh, nerddom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Star sure. Trek and Star Wars are yeah. kind of like like the yeah. fans have almost you know been against each other in some cases. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. Coke so or Pepsi? Yeah. yeah, Coke or Pepsi. Good point. Yeah, so like you know, uh, I I am I would say they did this test online and it's like what are you? How much percentage Star Wars? How much percentage Star Trek? And I'm like seventy nine percent or seventy five percent Star Wars and like twenty five percent Star Trek. So I was oh, like, wow. yeah. So like that's. I love Star Trek, and we've talked to our good friend Sean Sardinsky about it um, yeah. last year. I, I love I love Star Trek. And my, I actually thing, my thing with Star Trek, and this is personal opinion, but if you're going to have an alien movie, then I want to see some aliens. I don't want to <laughs> see a bunch of people that 
are supposedly aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so the Force Awakens. Um, I guess we should just get into it. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, it's, we're I know, but in. yeah, <laughs> it's cool. We're just gonna. This might be a little. I mean, this might be a little, a few extra minutes longer than we normally do it. But like, I just want to get everyone's like when you're watching the film because the setup obviously of a brand new character's new world, new right? World. New, Thirty years later since the events of Return of the Jedi, and of course you are introduced uh, to. Let's see. I guess we'll talk about. I guess we'll talk about uh, Kylo Ren. Let's talk about him real quick. <laughs> Um, Kylo Ren, of course, is uh, like I said, this is a full spoiler cast. Kylo Ren, of course, is the part of the First Order. Um, he's the Knights of Ren, and of course, they are warning permits to take over the world. Uh, kind of like, consider them like a mini galactic empire, if you will. They're not full on; they're still building steam and whatnot. And of course, uh, you have the Resistance, uh, which is uh, led led by uh, General Organa, and of course, they want to to combat the uh, First Order. And of course, all this time you're not sure what's happening. Where's Han? Where's Where's Luke? And you know the whole gang, because like, of course, in the trailers you see Han Solo and Chewbacca, but you're like, all right, when's this gonna happen? When's this gonna happen? But the nice thing about this movie is it's not about the original characters. This movie is about handing off the torch right. to the new characters, the new blood, if you will, the new faces. And of course, I love Finn. I, let's talk about Finn for a moment. We'll kind of just give each character some time to shine. Finn, of course, is played by the amazing John Boyega. He, uh, of course got people's attention from an amazing film uh, called Attack the Block, which if you haven't seen at home, if you're listening, check that movie out. It's fantastic. It's on demand. Awesome movie. Uh, it's, a, it's like a like a uh, UK, like a British uh, I don't know, Godzilla monster kind of. Like, it's really cool. It's it's, it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, because he's from the UK, uh, John Boyega. So he had to lose his accent for this film. Um, and, of course, he plays a, a stormtrooper, which I thought was interesting because we see in the trailers he's holding a lightsaber. Like, what the heck does that mean? Is he force sensitive? Like, does he have abilities? Yeah. And you don't know. But of course, you know he has. He's brought onto this planet, and the whole premise is. Let's give the premise out. Everyone's trying to find Luke. They literally say in the crawl, the first line is Luke has vanished. You're like, what does that mean? You're like, I had no idea. You know what's going yeah. on? So you're like, what? Luke has vanished. And of course, uh, the the both the there are the First Order and the Resistance are trying to find Luke Skywalker for different reasons, obviously. Yeah. And you find out later on that um, Luke had actually opened up a Jedi Academy. So, have you guys read that? You read the Expanded Universe at all growing up? No. No. I did. Yeah, so and I did a little bit too, but of course Disney, everything, you know, got, aver- rid, of got rid of a lot of the, it's called the Legacy Edition now, so all that's, the books don't aren't canon anymore. Um, and so, like, that was kind of cool. They took bits and pieces from the expanded universe. I think they're going to do that because, I mean, look at the Starkiller base. They use that yeah. as a big plot of this movie, and that was a big plot of one of the books. Uh, I think it's really interesting because, like, what happens? This is literally 30 years. I mean, I, I think what's is great is because you have, like, the original characters and Carrie Fisher playing um, General Organa, and I feel like, you know, everyone had their own tale. That ha- they all had went through separate ways almost um, 30 years later, which is makes it makes sense. It's like real life. Life isn't like perfect, you know. Things people have issues; they have disputes. Um, but you're on, you're on this planet, right? And you and you see it's really dark, and you're like, "What is going on?" And you and all of a sudden you you see uh, Poe Dameron, which is played by Oscar Isaac, mm. and uh, he's part of the uh, the the resistance, and they're trying to find uh, a map to Luke Skywalker. Apparently, everyone's been kind of like triangulating different spots to where he is. And so, like, they, they give us a little piece. Uh, like, it looks like a USB drive, I guess. A yeah. modernized yeah. USB drive yeah. or whatever. Uh, and, of course, he has this awesome character that we've seen a million times. BB-8, um, which, love that character. He's great. He's kind of like a, for those at home, he's like an R2-DT unit, but he's in a, ro- a ball, right? He's like a rolly droid, if you will. And, uh, of course, he 
he's a uh, Poe Dameron is an X-wing fighter, and of course he he you know he's, he's the a, best, the best on uh, the best in the Resistance, they say, in the galaxy, so uh, so to speak. But of course, uh, what happens, Corey? There's these ships come down, and a bunch of stormtroopers come out. Well, yeah, and and one of the big things that I walked, well, I came out of the movie, and there was like from the very beginning of the movie, I was I had this big question of who is that old guy, and he was even in the the opening crawl, as you called sure. it, where it says that Poe Dameron went to visit an old ally of. Leia's or something. Sure. And uh, so, it, and they made reference to it a few times, like you've gotten old and yeah. this kind of thing. So I'm like, have we seen this guy before? Because I have no clue who he is. Well, just to answer that question, sure. Quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Corey wrote notes. He yeah, actually did something we notes. don't do. Yeah, yeah. His, so his ahead, name is Lor Santeca. Um, we have not seen him in a movie before, so he's somebody new. Okay. So if you're worried about that, he's completely new. You're not. Lost. You're not a terrible Star Wars fan for not knowing who that old guy is. Thanks for clarifying that. So, um, but apparently, um, you know, they say he's a follower, a follower of the Church of the Force. And Poe says to him, "I've heard stories of your adventures since I was a kid." So this guy has been through a lot. To me, it kind of comes across as maybe like a Bilbo Baggins type character. Sure. Yeah. He's got a lot of backstory. Yeah. Which you know. It's very possible that we're going to learn more about this guy, maybe in the extended movies or yeah, sure. Because the now that they're doing, it, it, and and Johnny can back me up on this, it's going to be Star Wars film, some other movie in right. the Star Rogue War- One, for example. But yeah, the, and then the next year will be like you know another movie in the Star Wars universe, but not a Star Wars movie. Then the year after that will be a Star Wars movie. Then the year after yeah, every that, two years movie. you're supposed to get a main Star Wars movie, and in yeah. between we're supposed to get like side stories. Yeah, you know? which I think is a great way to do it uh, until they run out of you know Star Wars movies, and then they'll just have to make side story movies for a while. Well, which is great. I actually th- I love the idea because a Disney has done a really good job of acquiring franchises. Look how oh, successful yeah. they have with Marvel. I oh, mean yeah. they they're destroying with Marvel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they and they bought Lucasfilms for four billion dollars, which sounds like a lot of money to us lay people. They'll make it back. They'll make it back easily. <laughs> they we'll, might make it back. In the well, next we'll next talk about the yeah. numbers in a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, but let's talk about like the setting because these stormtroopers are the stormtroopers. Stor- these stormtroopers are not the stormtroopers that we know. These uh, I like this the story that they're not clones. They're they are like pretty much orphans. People are they're being taken from other families. Yeah, they're yes, kidnapped. They're kidnapped and. That way, they're they're started from birth. You know, this is how you do things. This is how you're trained. This is how you fight. This is your weapon training, and they're very like brainwashed, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because what is fi- uh, Finn? Finn's like he's the first one to be like, hey, uh, they're supposed to be killing all these people on the planet, and you know, like at gunpoint, like you know, what do you call it? Uh, they're up against firing squad, firing squad yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. they're Straight a firing up. squad, yeah. and they're and the Captain Phasma, um, she comes out and she's like on my mark and like everyone's shooting up this I mean and that's one thing these stormtroopers don't miss that's the one thing I noticed right off the bat you make the joke all these years uh, yeah they weren't a bunch of dummies they weren't a bunch of dummies these guys were like they're gonna do their job and they're gonna do it well and they killed a ton of people in this movie too so like they just and all of a sudden you realize that like this one stormtrooper is not like shooting he's just sitting there he's not discharging his weapon another thing I love too is like that grounds you with reality because like you're not a mindless myrmidon. You're not just sitting here like a sheep. You, you, yeah. you have feelings. And you see another stormtrooper dying in his hand, in his arms. You're like, dude, that's deep. 
And so, like, he, he realizes that this is – he's having a moral choice. Like, this is not right. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I was born this way. I was bred to be this way. But I, I don't want to be this. I, yeah. I want to be something different. And I really like that from a story arc. Yeah, it was from, really good. From a story point. You know what I mean? You weren't just like, all right, what's this guy that happened to get out of the storm, you know, out of this? And it's like, no, he, he made it moral and choice. Like, this is not right. And I, I love uh, the introduction. You get another ship coming down that looks like a Tidarium, uh, but black. And of course, uh, walks out. Uh, probably my favorite character in the film, um, which we didn't know anything about. Kylo Ren. <coughs> Kylo Ren uh, is not Darth Vader. Let me just give you a heads up. He is nothing like Darth Vader. Sure, he's in black. He has a weird voice uh, with his mask on. The dude is unpredictable. He's chaotic. He he's uh what, what, pff, I don't know. He's he's kind of whiny. He's kind of like <laughs> emotional. I thought that was kind of where he related to Darth Vader a little bit. You, you know, in was it episode three when Anakin kind of turns into Darth Vader there? No, I agree with you that. He's almost like Anakin 2.0 in yeah. that way. But when it comes to, like, the Darth Vader we know, he's nothing oh, yeah. like that Darth. Because that, think about that. That's 20 years of Darth Vader doing his thing. This is still a young, right. you know. Uh, a he hasn't even completed his training yet. No, he hasn't even completed his training yet. Yeah. And so, like, he's Holy a young cow. guy. He hasn't completed his training yet. He's that powerful already. <laughs> oh my well, that's gosh. one thing, dude. Like, I think J.J. <laughs> Abrams went out front and said, hey, uh, Kylo Ren is nothing to mess with. Like, yeah. he literally, and this has made everyone in the audience gasp. Like, it was a uh, Poe was shooting a blaster I at him. Know, I knew that was where yeah. you're going. Oh my gosh. What happens, Corey? The blaster pistol just comes out of nowhere. Like, uh, who is it? Finn. Poe po Dameron <laughs> shoots, po it. shoots at him. Yeah. Poe's off to the side or behind him and shoots at him. And Kylo Ren just turns around, puts his hand up, and stops a blaster laser in mid blast shot. in mid shot. Just mid air. Just freezes right there. And I, I literally, like, went. Whoa! Like, yeah. <laughs> and I looked left and right to see how everybody else reacted. I was like, I had my drop, my jaw just dropped. Yeah, I mean, because you think about it and put it in retrospect, uh, Vader had only been able to deflect blast. He's never Vader had never been able to stop a blast in motion like that. Yeah, we have in, never seen that happen that, before. A that shows you that this dude is strong in the force, and B he's a badass. Like he's powerful. Yeah. Like he he's a very in tune in the force because that's very difficult. Because you also got to think too, the blasters are probably more advanced, more technical. Stronger firepower because it's thirty years of technology. Right. So like that's even more tough. Uh, what do you think when you saw that, Deuce? It was interesting. The funny thing is, I kept forgetting that the blaster bolt was there. Oh, I kept talking, true. And true. then he walked off, and you saw bam. And I'm like, oh <laughs> shit! Standing there the whole time. Yeah, I, I totally that. forgot. And people were so, walking like right by it. Yeah, sure. Just too. like walking around, they're like, hey, don't yeah. hit that thing. Yeah, don't touch that. Don't touch yeah. that. That'd be bad. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but I loved it, and I also loved too. This is just a great direction standpoint. But the but the blood, the stormtrooper that dies in Finn's hands like wipes him oh, with his yeah. fingers. Yeah, it does it for two reasons. It shows you how desperate this moment was, but also so you can pick him out in a crowd because yeah, stormtroopers look alike. You, you know, can pick him out, but then the blood humanized the stormtroopers. It did a lot. Yeah. It did. So. That's a good way to put it. It humanized it, and so that's the first of many amazing things that uh, that uh, Kylo Ren gets to do. But, of course, we're going to kind of just salt pepper her out throughout the rest <laughs> of this. Uh, we also get introduced to another amazing character, Ray, which oh, uh, man. she's like, we know one She's the best. She's amazing. She was awesome. She's uh, my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, she she's awesome. She's fantastic. Uh, and played by the amazing Daisy Ridley, who pretty much is unknown. She's not. She's only been in some British television. That's it. Yeah. She's not been in a movie before. This is like her first movie. And so she was pretty much an unknown. Um, and... Like, she's just kind of like a scavenger. Like, she's going in and taking parts. Almost like, you know, you get copper and all that. Like, you go and trade it in for money and whatnot. Like scrappers. Scrappers, yeah. yeah. So she go and get that, and uh, you get this awesome junkyard guy who's played by Simon Pegg, uh, which we all know from the um, Is that who that Cornetto was? trilogy. 
I saw pictures of him, but I didn't know who he was in the movie. Yeah. Well, huh. we didn't know until afterwards because, like, in the there's like this awesome like behind the scenes like three minute trailer they showed uh, like a few Comic-Con, months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Comic Con footage, and like you see him in like some suit, but he doesn't have his helmet on. He's talking about Star Wars. You're like, okay, what? Who is he? But you find out later in the credits, you find out that he's actually the junkyard guy. And, oh. And one thing that I love about this, I don't know about you guys, but I love the organic special effects. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, See, he tried to use as little amount of CG as possible. Like, BB-8, 95% of BB-8 was all real. Like, he yeah. wasn't CG. The only time he was ever CG was when he was in the Millennium Falcon bouncing around or whatever. Right. Uh, but, like, he was – I mean, that's practical effects, which harkens back to the original days, and I think that's something that a lot of the old-school fans really appreciate, that he took that old-school real-world sets. Like, that scene where um, Finn is in front of that – that that tie fighter that was built from the ground up that tie fighter that was not CG until it goes into the ground obviously. and they built a full scale Millennium Falcon I, that was sitting insane. there too. all it was doing was sitting in the background and they built the they whole built thing. it like yeah. uh, most people like Lucas probably would have CG that yeah. and put that in the background you know like that 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 shows a lot of care and love and dedication yeah. to to the franchise and one of the things too like I'm big into watching the background through these movies like most a lot of people are I'm not gonna say I'm the only one that does that but when uh, they're in the desert on Jakku, and that little guy captures BB-8 in the net. That big giant creature that he's riding on, like you kind of see it kind of mosey off into the sand, but it looks like it was actually something physical that they built. That the reason it was walking so slow was because it was an actual like robot or something. Yeah, it was a real guy. It was a real yeah. guy, and then they had like some animatronics in front of it. That yeah. was like a real creature. Like even as slow as it was walking away, I'm like. That guy's going to die before the sun goes down or something. <laughs> yeah. But um, I still thought it was really cool. I was like, man, how cool is that, that they actually took the time to build something physical instead of just, you know, simply CGIing it. I just, to me, I, I think that's It gives way a sense better. of realism, like, yeah. you know, uh, grounded reality. Like, it, it makes it, there's a texture to it, you know, yeah. that you can't replicate in CG. Uh, I really like that. But anyway, she... She finds the BB-8. Like we just talked about that, right? Yeah. She finds she she happens to come across BB-8, which uh, of course you know Poe Dameron's captured at this time. So of course BB-8 has the map or whatever the plans are. Or what it, we don't know at this point what it is. Uh, and so she runs into him. BB-8. I think is I think one thing I was worried about was that BB-8 would be overused, and he wasn't. I think he was no. well done. He wasn't like, hey, this is a cute, fun kids movie. No, no, he was kind of in the background. He he made some cool, funny things. He, he you know go see the movie. He, he's great in it. But he also served a purpose as well, and so like he was almost like uh, Ray needed him. Like R two was in the originals. Yeah, he was yeah. on a mission, and yep. he's going to serve his purpose. Exactly, yeah. you know. And I and I loved how different, and, and I love that he wasn't an R two clone. Like yeah. he had his own personality. Yeah, the way he just sounds and all that were totally different. Which, um, you know, our friend Brian, he's kind of like our encyclopedia of. Nerd, uh, nerd knowledge, sure. yeah. nerd yeah. knowledge, and all this. Well, he's been texting me throughout the week. He saw it the other day. Get this. He actually somehow was able to go see it for the first time without his wife, who's like also a big Super nerd. Star right. Wars fan. And uh, sure. I said, how did you pull that off? And he goes, well, she had to work, and she knows that you know I had to see it. So yeah. she's going to go see it with me the second time. Yeah. So I was like, man, props to you, Brian. I don't yeah. know how you pulled that off. Yeah. But um, he texted me today even, and I haven't checked this fact, so take it for face value or whatever, but, or take it for what it's worth. But he says that Bill Hader and somebody else actually wrote, like, how BB-8 should respond. Oh, really? To try yeah, to make it a little more comic. I heard already that Hader worked on it, and
and somebody else, and they like helped him. And I think Hater might have even done some voice work for yeah. it. So to try cool. to make him a little more comical. Yeah, that's cool. So. Hey, I'm I'm totally down for that. I yeah. mean, and he was really funny when he was in there. He had some really funny comedic moments, which we'll you know go see the movie. It's he, he's he's great. But you get. I think one of the great things I loved about was the chemistry that Ray and Finn had. Like they played yeah, like off right each off other. The bat. Yeah, you really get behind the good guys in this movie. You do, and I think that's what's so great about it. There's a magic to that, and I, lo- I love how they happen to stub- stumble across each other. And you know, he's because of course the Tie Fighter. Let's say that you know Finn, which is another great scene. Like we can't go over every single movie because we <laughs> want you to go see it. But somehow Poe and and uh, Finn meet up and they crash in a Tie Fighter on Planet Jakku, right? And we think Poe's dead, and Finn happens to run into this scavenger area where Ray is actually giving you know her parts away, and they run into each other. BB-8 notices the jacket that Poe has, and he's like, "That's that's uh, my master's jacket. Go get him!" And I love the look. I lo- see. I love the facial expressions that that Finn had. He's all like sitting here. He's seeing Ray beat up these dudes first. He's all like, "Oh, she can handle her own." And then all of a sudden, when when BB-8 sees him, all of a sudden she's running full force at him. He's like. Is she running at me? Wait, she's running at me. I have her run, and she's like chasing him. I just love, I love how like the just the chemistry on screen, like the way they talk to each other, and the way his little facial expressions, and the way like she's really strong woman. I think oh, this yeah. gave a lot of power to women because there was even, and I think this was deliberate too. Like JJ uh, all throughout Abram, the movie, all throughout the movie. But like there was a part where they're trying to get away from the stormtroopers, and and Finn's holding, grabbing her hand. He goes, why are you holding my hand? I can run without right. you holding my hand. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is great. This is a, women don't need to be walked around like they're little sissies. They're, they're, women are strong, capable beings, you know, and I think that's what J.J. Abrams did. I think he really empowered women in this film. Yeah, I mean, there were there were female X-Wing fighter pilots yes, walking around. I love that. Captain Phasma oh, was a yeah. female stormtrooper. Power yeah. to women, man. So. Like, he really empowered women, and I love that. And I think a lot of, a lot of our younger viewers, especially... You know, like my daughter, whenever she sees this, uh, she's they well, have a hero to they have a hero. You know what behind. I mean? They have someone to get behind. And, I, and there was this funny joke online, this meme that I, I actually truly believe Miss Universe is Ray. Like she's the one that yeah. like she's she's amazing. Like she deserves to be the women that you should look up to. Like she's awesome. Yeah. It's like she's 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 got great morals. She's she's a good person, and like she makes the right choices. And she's care she doesn't just care about herself, but she cares about the people that are around her. You know. This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Video Games Monthly. You may have heard us talk about this one, but you have to check out Video Games Monthly. They're a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door. And you never have to send them back. VGM is a must for gamers who love retro video games and are trying to build or rebuild their collection. Every month they send out a variety of games, both well-known retro favorites to the unique ones, to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Video Games Monthly offers boxes of 3, 4, or even 10 games for any combination of NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and both Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for your monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. mentioned it earlier that I've got a second child on the way and so as soon as we got out of the theater and it was just me and uh, my wife in the car 
I looked at T and I said, so, you know, we're look, we're looking into baby names and everything. So I was oh. like, so Ray or Finn? Ray or Finn works for, for me, right? <laughs> either either or, boy, girl, I don't care. I'm good to go, Ray or Finn. That's awesome. <laughs> She's like, no, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I figured Tia would put her foot down on that, that one. That's I cool. I actually like that, that though. Maybe a middle name? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I love their chemistry. And, of course, go see the movie. We're just skipping ahead now. We're not going to go through every every scene. I wanted you guys, real quick, before we get into our loves and hates of the movie, uh, what, what was your thoughts on the, the original cast? We'll, do, we'll get into Luke later. Let's talk about Luke later. But Carrie Fisher and uh, Harrison Ford. What would you guys think? Harrison Ford, I told my brother, I said, you've seen him in 100 movies since the original Star Wars. The guy jumped right back into Han Solo. I agree no wholeheartedly. It like, wasn't a guy. So Han, good. It wasn't Harrison cosplaying as as Han Solo. No. Like it was him. He gave a damn. It wasn't like yeah. the cranky Han Solo or well, Harrison yeah. Ford from the interviews. And the other thing too is like I've watched a lot of Harrison Ford's movies lately, and it seems like he's kind of sleepwalking. Yeah. This is the first time where he just seemed like he was fully aware and excited. Like, yeah. Super. I'm actually excited to do this, yeah. not like oh I'm getting a paycheck. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So. This movie. This movie. Uh, What's the opposite of aging? This this movie made him seem like twenty years younger. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he seemed like he was fifty. He Benjamin you know, buttoned yeah. it. Yeah, he did really. Did <laughs> it I mean, he was <laughs> actually there was a few parts he's running and yeah. different yeah. things. I mean, he was right well, back into Han Solo. I agree, yeah. and I think that's one thing that you know a lot of it has to be credit. Sure, Harrison's a great actor, but I think a lot of it has to be good direction, good director, because yeah. the director's going to get multiple takes out of somebody, and, and he's going to have to pick the best choices. And I think I think you guys gave a great point. He's kind of phoned it in, phoned it in throughout the last decade. Like he's just even another amazing franchise like Indiana Jones. That wasn't Indiana Jones. That was old man Harrison Ford in an Indiana Jones costume. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. It was Indiana Jones cosplay. With, he with didn't the care. You could Shia LaBeouf being a greaser. Like, yeah, for no reason. <laughs> you didn't, so. He didn't seem like he cared. And I think this was an amazing, like like you said, Corey. This was Han Solo. Like the mannerisms, the facial expressions, his quips, his jokes. The way he interacted with Chewbacca, like th- those, though, it felt like you know when he said we're home, like it felt like we were transported thirty years, yeah. you know, yeah. like that was Han Solo, that wasn't just Harrison Ford. I, I love that. Uh, what other things did you guys like in the movie? Um, other things I liked uh, the new uh, quote quote unquote Death Star, the Star Killer yeah. base. Um, I thought it was a good concept. I, I kind of liked it. I was like, it's a little far fetched. But it's Star Wars, kind of, sure. you know, just let it go. But it was in, what, an entire planet that was fashioned into a Death Star type See, base. I hated it. I'm like, how do you aim? It's a planet. <laughs> like, how do you aim this thing? And they're like, oh, we can shoot that thing in 30 minutes. I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah, that was, Like, yeah. do you know how NASA works? Do you know how we send rockets, like, into space we have to wait there's timelines you can't just yeah. be like you want you, you want to go like to the moon like in 30 minutes we can totally do that i like how like, i know. like how it was powered by the sun I yeah they was charge it by yeah. the sun that I was like kind of cool uh but also think <laughs> solar powered uh, uh i also think uh i it was such a small part of the movie i see i'm the opposite i i think it i think i liked it i actually really liked it but i don't think it was a death star i didn't come across as the death star sure it destroyed other planets but it wasn't Death Star 3.0 because, A, it wasn't crafted that way. It didn't have an integral part of the movie. The Death Star was like, duh, 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 like the main thing of Empire. 
or in the a New Hope and in Return was to destroy that Death Star. That was going to determine the fate of the universe. This did not determine the determine the fate of the universe. It was about the characters and taking down some of the people. See, like, I'm just the was, opposite. I'm opposite. I think, I'm, I'm like, this, it, this it wasn't was, like, it was like this was like a, a, a New Hope 2.0. No, like, no, no, no. Let's go blow it up. How yeah. are we going to blow it up? Oh, we've got to shoot that thing again. And, okay, let's do that. No. Like, well, Harrison or Harrison he said, Han Solo. Uh, we got to blow says, it up. Yeah, yeah, there's always a way no, to blow it up. Sure, but that was a joke on it not being. Says the thing is, I took it the other way. I took it as in like, all right, that because the whole thing wasn't about the Death Star. It was about Luke's, uh, you know, getting back. Yeah, getting to Luke, Luke was the fighting. central. Focus. That was the main focus. Also introducing the characters, the even the First Order, like they they didn't use the quote unquote Death the Star Killer base for everything. It was it was more ground troop stuff. So like, yeah. that was still such a afterthought. Like that that wasn't the main focus of this film. Like even if you look up footage. I think it was less than a third of the movie was even remotely like put onto that uh, Star Killer base. Like, so for me that was like a show of power. Like, hey, this is technology thirty. So, and this is the way I equated it. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Even if it is even if it's called the Death Star again, it doesn't matter. This is thirty years later. You have new technology. New they still call it the iPhone Seven, right? The iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Like you reinvent stuff. Like it makes sense from a technological standpoint. And I think they said what they say it was ten times larger. Ten times as large as is the the Death Star. And I'm like, dude. People improve upon technology. That makes sense. We but, do it every day. We buy an iPhone every year. You know, like its it whole makes thing sense. was it charged from the sun. It got drew power from the yeah. sun. Yeah. And then it launched. I guess there were like missiles or something that yeah, shot out like of that lasers. thing. Yeah. There was like six of them. Though, but they kind of traveled. Like, yeah. like they had a directed ways. path yeah. to where they were going. Sure. So um, and it destroyed like five or six planets. Yeah, all so at the was, same it was, time. It was a much yeah. better technology. Obviously, thirty years to improve upon technology. Well, also that was one of the things in the movie. It kind of skipped over where I'm like whoa 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 they blew up Kurskan like they well it, it's it's not Republic actually it's, it's Hosian Prime actually uh, a friend of ours we Hosian we look at yeah. nerd alert so sorry sorry uh, a friend of mine Robert he, ha- he, he has the uh, he, sorry he has the uh, the uh, visual dictionary and it goes over that stuff so uh, <laughs> even because you know it, it looks like it's Coruscant but yeah. they don't actually say it you yeah. know, so like you well, don't they know. They said it was the seat of the New Republic, and I just yeah. jumped to. Oh, that's we a lot of us did, but, yeah. but you find out later on that it's 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 Hojin Prime. But anyways, that's another story altogether. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah, like uh, you just wiped out the whole. Yeah, I'm like, what? The way they shot. did that. Yeah, uh, I was like, why don't you just aim a little to the left where Leia and Han and all these people are that you need to kill? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. see, that's the thing, because at least to me in this movie, it seems like the 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 New Republic's like its own thing, and they don't even call them the Rebels; they call them the resistance or whatever it's like they seem almost like a guerrilla group because they don't have a lot of x-wings i think they had like maybe a dozen x-wings there's some ground troops but i mean hell the base from the first you know star wars movie a new hope there was more yeah uh, the, like fighter planes around and more people in it than the, than the base in this movie yeah. so and um quick note the uh, star killer base was an homage to the original name of Luke Skywalker. Yep, that's right. He was going to be called Luke Starkiller. That was, was the he? original. Yep. Yeah, the the rich uh, Ralph um, Ralph McQuarrie painting. That's what he wanted to call the character. It was actually in the original teleplay uh, by Lucas. They called him Starkiller, and then later on finding out that you know maybe for a hero calling someone a, st- a killer in the name really isn't the, probably the best idea. Yeah. yeah. So he changed it. But yeah, that's a good uh, good tidbit there, Corey, to, to throw in there. That was the original like you know, paid homage to that. Uh, I actually really loved uh, real quick. I really loved uh, Dom Hong Gleason, the guy who played the general um, of the uh, First Order. Yeah, I loved yeah how, like, he was really cool. He was like for the little he, time he had. And the thing is, like, General Hux. Yeah, was Hux, that the redhead yeah, guy? Hux, yep. yeah. And I loved how like he was like freaking like 
like Hitler. He's all like he's a, there's uh, this awesome shot where he's like because he thinks he's in love with this. Like he isn't just there to, to sign up. He's like he he believes and breathes it. He eats this. He sleeps this. He drinks this. Like this is his baby. This is his thing. Like he's the one that set up all the stuff with the troopers. Like this is his like his uh works you know like this he wants to see it come to fruition and he's all like in tears in his eyes as he's like talking to this whole it looks like somewhere in asia but it's not but it just has this cool look killer base yeah but it looks so cool like and he's and you see all these troops and you see like very third reiki very third reiki it is but he got like the the first republic symbol in the back and and you see the black line almost looks like a swastika Swastika. in the back i'm like dude this is like and then completely intentional i'm sure of course (laughs) and i love that i think it was like you know they 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 don't they're blinded by this like they want to do this yeah. they, they want to take over the world or but whatever the, but the the imagery of it just automatically puts you into the perspective of what you're dealing with exactly though. So i thought that was kind of yeah. yeah um I, something else i loved uh Kyla Ren, i i can't talk uh, adam driver which you know i love the the show girls on hbo he's yeah. fantastic in that that's how jj abrams found him and he's been in other stuff but like i loved how like he was the, the mask itself like he he was really strong in the force but like he almost hid hid behind the mask because like when he took the mask off, he was very vulnerable and he was very he felt weak, you know, and that's why he hid behind the mask because it made him dark, impending doom. And like when he took the mask off, he's kind of more fragile. And like his his encounters with Ray were just amazing because obviously you find out later she's she's got force abilities, yeah, and she's able to fight back. And think about it, like he he was so powerful. Like Luke, long story short, Luke had this Jedi ca- Academy they created, and uh. You know, Kylo Ren killed everybody. He was that powerful. He destroyed the whole academy. This was the vision that Ray had, right? Yeah. Was that where that was coming from? Well, no. This ha- oh, I don't know if she had the vision. I th- I don't know. I just know that's what they said in the film. Okay. They said that Luke created the Jedi Academy and Kylo I Ren. I think oh. that that is what you're talking about because flashbacks. She did do flashbacks. She, had, she did have a it bunch. It was her and the Knights of Ren that were around him. Yeah. And I think they said once he killed the original academy, he went to all the other academies and wiped them yeah, all out. Yeah, like too. he was, and that was the thing is like Ray. Was, you know, Luke, he was franchising. He had like six of them. <laughs> <laughs> set them up like McDonald's. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh man, I gotta get, I gotta get this this thing going oh my so. goodness uh but I, I loved his character because like it was an awesome performance uh by adam driver like when he took the mask off you could see like he was getting all emotional his eyes are tearing up because like he he realized like this is the first time in i don't know how long that he's faced another force wielder and he was getting flack like he's getting fought back like he's like oh shit she like she, yeah, yeah she actually has like you know this ability. She's she has snuff. She, yeah, yeah. She's, got <laughs> she's got this ability. Nobody could touch him, and then all of a sudden, he's got something to worry yeah. about. Yeah, and so like it, it's an awesome encounter between them. I I loved. I just loved when every time he was on the screen because he was an impending force. And of course, do we want to talk? I guess we will. Do you want to talk about the Han Solo? The uh, moment. The moment. Which it I thought got ruined. For oh me and you. man! Did it get you guys? Got, got ruined. Both got spoiled. Got oh, ruined really? like three days before we saw the movie. Oh really? Yeah. Never. See, I never. I never got spoiled anything. But I. But Lucky. also, I wasn't actually on Facebook much for the. Days I had, prior, yeah, I didn't have a choice. Uh, well, mine was I put a thing on Instagram that it was just a picture of um, Return of the Jedi case, and I said, "Okay, we just watched the last movie. We're ready to go see Episode Seven. Ten seconds after I posted it, some stranger comments on my post, and he just goes, "This happens. This happens. This happens." I, and I, everyone was like, "Are you kidding me right now? I've wow. waited an entire year for this and haven't had any spoilers. And then, like three days before I get to see it, this guy ruins it for me." Ah, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, mine was worse because I had a picture. Yeah, like it actually had a screenshot of Han Solo getting. So I was like, "Oh, really? Yeah." So wow. not only did I know it happened, I know when it was going to happen. And wow. so it's it like, yeah, yeah, how it happened. It takes the fun out. Of no, it, but it does. But, but it does people, change. People were, you but, know. 
despite the fun taking out of and all that and the experience, it, it still was great in the film. Like that. Well, I'm not gonna lie. They kind of they they showed their cards on that early as soon yeah. as that catwalk showed up and the hand solo showed up. I'm like, I don't even need to know the spoiler. He about to he about to die. But like, I loved he's how he's gonna try and but save I, his son, and he's gonna. But get I loved killed. how it was done. I thought it was graceful. No, I thought it was, it was poetic. Yeah. I thought it was very once poetic. I, once I had it spoiled and knew what was going to happen, I knew exactly how it was gonna play out in the movie. Yeah. But I thought it was very poetic. I also loved how you know there's this awesome moment where um, Luke and Leia, or not Luke and Leia, um, um, Han and Leia are embracing each other. And it's like go get our son back. Because spoilers, if you didn't catch what we're saying. Uh, ben Ben Solo, which is uh, Kylo Ren, is the uh, son of um, Leia and Han. So, and of course, he's the one that you know was trained by his uh, uncle uh, Luke, and he killed off everybody. And like Luke feels like responsible for all this. Think about it. Like how much is on his uh, on his heart? Like he he's the one that caused a rift in the family. He's the one that you know caused them to get divorced. Caused get, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, like he's the one that put all. And now, of course. Which is why he's in self-exile. Exactly, he's exiled. He Obi-Wan did. Yeah. Because think about it, like, same thing happened with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, you know, created Darth Vader. He's like a hermit, yeah. And so he's like, man, I'm just going to hermit it out. Like, I'm not going to be around people. So I think the visual effects are great. What else, what stuff did you, like, before we get into the negatives? Um, Because you said 7 out of 10, which means you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I I thought some of the, the, like, the new locations were cool. Like, I really liked that new bar, even though they said it was, like, Cantina 2.0. I thought that new bar was cool, and I liked the new little character, the the old lady with the glasses. Maz, Maz yeah, she's great. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I I really liked, goodness gracious, you said her name already, the Ren. Uh, Ray. The, the the girl yeah Ray, Ray. yeah she's I great really liked her a lot she had like, a lot of emotion in her lot. face yeah. like and like I I think she was great like the main three cast I just was really impressed Do you feel you feel good about the future of this of this oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I we're think in that's good something hands. that all of us like agree upon the like, only thing I think the movie was missing is Chris Pratt. Like, I think we <laughs> need a little bit of Pratt. There's still a Han Solo spinoff coming. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. true. Maybe he'll hey, Han Solo hey, spinoff, hey, hopefully. If you well, get, you're, you're best friends with the Prattster. I figured oh, yeah. you'd know. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have it on uh, good authority from uh, straight from Chris Pratt's mouth that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. Straight from the horse's mouth. Straight from the horse's mouth. Straight from the Pratt. That's why we have uh, Corey on this episode. Yeah. Can, you know, <laughs> just, he's he's just, name just, dropping yeah, left yeah. and right now. This is how he knows these people. He does. He I don't does. know how many times I've posted that picture of me with Chris Pratt. Yeah. You it's awesome. like every tip. It's awesome, though. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, we, all, we we pretty much, there's a lot of great things. Um, some of the, and obviously I'm a 9 out of 10, so I'll have a least amount to say, so I'll go last. Uh, Corey, some things that you were iffy on that you think they could improve in the next movie or um, stuff you didn't like? Uh, one thing that I want to say that I did like was the character design. Um, I've said it kind of earlier about the background characters. Oh yeah. There's a you you can tell that you know the original trilogy, then the the newer trilogy, and then Episode Seven. You can kind of tell. You can see different people's. Um, what would you say? You, you can see different people did the character design sure, in each yeah. trilogy. Yeah. But I kind of like that each one is going to have like a standalone look yeah. sure. to the characters. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. This one, um, what's the guy's name that did Hellboy? Oh, Del- uh, Guillermo Toro. del Toro. Yeah. 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 These these characters had a little bit of a Guillermo del Toro sure, feel to yeah, them, to me. Sure. So I kind of like that. Um, and then uh, one of the things that I didn't like, okay, Kylo Ren, first half of the movie, I was like, man, this is a bad dude. I love this character. He's going to be so bad. 
And then he, like you said, he takes off the mask and he kind of becomes more humanized and like he becomes weak. Um, he gets in a fight with Finn and Finn actually hits him with a lightsaber. I'm like, no, that shouldn't have happened. You should not have done but that. But Finn got his ass. Yeah. He, he yeah. got his ass handed to him. Yeah. Though, Finn got family. left for dead basically. Yeah. yeah. But he could be paralyzed. Uh, who all we right. know. Like, so I, I think, I think they made him too weak towards the second half of the, the movie. Um, and all those temper tantrums too. I like. I love, I those temper love the temper tantrums. He's unpredictable. I love the shot of the stormtroopers walking around like, oh, we've yeah. seen this before. <laughs> it's this time of the month. Let's go the other way. Like I loved how unpredictable he was. You knew what. You never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like I actually liked him with mask and with off because now that he got his face sliced up by Ray. Spoilers, as as we say, the spoiler cast. Like his his storm, his, his lightsaber got destroyed. I think a limb got cut off. Like he's going to be pissed. And the thing is, Whoa, he, if he's this, he got a limb cut. He got off? his hand cut off. His I hand think. cut off. I think. Yeah. Just. Like Luke and yeah. Luke Vader. Okay, okay. Oh, I don't know which armor or yeah, whatever, but like, I thought I saw I something. I, I saw the in, second in the time, thing, yeah. and, but we know for sure his lightsaber got destroyed and his face got sliced up. But the yeah. thing is, if he's this strong in the Force, because you got to realize he hasn't fought another someone of this magnitude like Ray, like and ever for, for a while. Yeah. I mean, never. Like so, like sure, he may be way above average, but Ray may be even higher than that. You don't know. Yeah. So, like that's what I'm saying. Like sure, he may look weak, but he's not weak. He still owned Finn, yeah. like he should be. And I also love the lightsaber fights weren't as high flying. Crash yeah. the Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like it was like real, f- like intense, like close quarters, like they were slicing yeah. and destroying trees. The, like the stormtrooper that comes out with that thing that like battled Finn with the lightsaber. Yeah. I was like, man, that is amazing. I love that thing. Yep. And it, it I made, wish it was Captain Phasma that was that. Though. Yeah. Wouldn't see, that have been cool? Like Captain ha- Phasma. I think she didn't have a lot to do, but they could have used her a lot. But more. they set up. I think they set up a lot for Episode Eight, and I think that's one thing that I'm really excited about because I was kind of like, all right, well, this is gonna be a great movie, but I don't know about the other two movies. But now it almost feels like Eight's gonna be even more important than seven because there's yeah. so yeah, much i think eight's gonna be the like for me the thing that's gonna push this trilogy over the tipping point is gonna be eight because yeah. right now i'm like eh but if eight's like empire and it's like just flat out amazing then see I'm i like, kind of right, felt like in. this was a combination of a new hope and empire because like you had you know people dying dead oh, in yeah. a coma you know like finn and all that stuff and like you have no idea what happened you know like and i feel like there's a lot of loss and sorrow you know and also I don't. I feel like let's talk about the ending real quick. Um, of course, John Williams. Big, big shout out to John Williams. He's eighty-three years old. He put out an amazing score for this film. I I, I pre-ordered the soundtrack. It got back ordered because there's so many that were ordered. I uh, finally got mine in. It's awesome. But I love that scene where she's walking up the steps, and like you had no, no idea what was. I mean, you knew Luke was gonna be there, but like you had no idea what was gonna happen. So she's slowly walking up, and I found out this is an island in Australia that they only had to shoot during the day because there's creatures and animals that are so fierce and vicious they couldn't shoot at night. <laughs> so they had to do it during the day, like, and they had have like a team with like tranquilizers to you shoot kidding? down. I'm not joking. Like, what kind of animals? I don't know. They, I don't know, but there was like creatures and stuff that were there. They had to like cl- barricade off, like so, wampas. Yeah, like wampas. wampas. There you go. <laughs> uh, wampas and minox Same creatures, minox <laughs> and gundarks and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that was really cool that like they they chose this really like secure location, but like they had to like prep it and you know all that. But anyway, she goes up the steps, and of course you see you see Luke or a, shat, a cloth figure, a cloak figure, and he he turns around and like this is the shot that stayed with me the second time I watched it, the first time because I cried three times during this movie. Uh, um, and this was the mo- this yeah, both was times. we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, okay. But the the shot where where he's turning around and. Just the look on his face. A, he looks amazing. He's got his all his hair and his beard and all that. He looks yeah. awesome. But the look on his face, like a look of shock, surprise, 
uh, pain, sorrow. It's very poignant because, like, you know, he felt Han die. Yeah, you, you know, know he, you know, he's like his his he's he feels like in his heart, like he's the one that uh, cr- that created Kylo essentially, and like that separated the family, that killed his best friend. Like, like he feels like he's so responsible, and the the, the weight on his heart, man. And then of course the look of Ray holding his lightsaber towards him, like she's like, please, we need you. We, we we don't know what to do. Like that desperation, in her, I, that moment was dis- solidified. How great this movie help was. Help us, Luke Skywalker. You're our only hope. <laughs> but like it, it helps solidify like the importance of of this trilogy and how it brought Star Wars back in the limelight. Like this this made Star Wars relevant again, in my personal opinion. Like this movie is the best Star Wars movie in 17 years because I'm I'm discounting all the prequels. The prequels don't matter. This brought everything forward. You know, in a great direction. 30 years later, but in a great direction. And it just elevates Episode Eight so high that, like, I'm sorry, I'm fanboying over here, but <laughs> like, it gives you a because you saw Luke for th- two minutes, and now it's like you know he's going to be a lot focused in the eight, oh, yeah. which is great. And, and I feel like you're going to see more Poe, you're going to see more Captain Phasma. Like, it's going to give another movie, uh, you know, more time to shine because you already know how great Finn and hopefully uh, Finn's okay. Maybe he gets like the cybernetic thing. That'd be cool. Uh, but or there's rumors that he might be Lando Calrissian's son. I don't know. There's all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff out there. But like, there's there's a lot of really cool things that might happen in episode eight. So I, I love that. Um, I'd say the only thing the only thing that I thought was weird, like if I have to nitpick, uh, the whole what is it the Rathers, uh, that felt very Star Trek. Like I don't yeah, know. Like I don't the, like. I didn't. I'm care. not a fan of tentacle monsters, and it seems like every director now just like yeah, just throwing a tentacle monster. Uh, I thought the way the, the way it was done was fine. I just didn't care for the creatures. I don't know. Yeah. They felt very Star Trek. I, I was like, ah, I don't know. That, that that felt a little out of place. Anyways, continue on, Corey. Because um, I can ramble forever. Okay, this was another thing that, to me, I was like, okay. I, I said the Kylo Ren thing, good in the beginning, kind of weakens towards the end. Then the moment happens with Han Solo, totally puts him back up there. Like, this guy is probably the baddest guy we've ever had in a Star Wars movie. That was so intense, man. And it's like, dude, you just, spoilers, you just killed your father. Like, this is unheard of. It is. This is this is uh, catastrophic because they've never lost anyone like this in the universe. I mean, no. Darth Vader dies, but, like, that, you know, he had a nice ending and all that. It was kind of uh, poetic, but, like, this is... Well, plus, Kylo Ren, he's, he talks to Darth Vader's helmet, which he acquired somehow. Which, which is kind of like a weird, like, he almost comes off like a very, uh, uh, like, a fanatic almost. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like serial killer. Yeah, like, very man. weird. <laughs> like, you're like, I want to avenge your father, grandfather. I'm like, dude, you know this guy's, you know. He, it's, he, it's a shrine. He has the helmet yeah. set up as a shrine. Almost like a religion to. almost. And yeah. he says he says uh, something about give me a sign or, or I need you to talk like to me or something. Like he's praying to his helmet almost. Yeah. It's so, so weird. Which I was wondering, I was like, okay, has Darth Vader showed up to this guy as like the, the Jedi spirit and told him like, dark side things is that no, possible it's, Sno- it's snoke uh they they actually cause the second time watching it snoke pretty much is it's almost like a cult you know he's been like feeding him stuff right and of course snoke is this you think it's this huge creature but it's but actually it's a, a hologram, hologram which yeah. i think is great because it gives you like you know when something's higher up you know like like, like the judge and all, even they're higher up it gives you more of that power like i'm over you kind yeah. of thing and i love how they did that but that he, threw people off i've told people after i was like no if you notice it was a holographic uh, projection yeah. like wizard of oz style yeah like, which is cool oh, i didn't catch I like that. that it's very mind game yeah. you know he could be a four foot dude like Yoda, it'd be hilarious if he is. But <laughs> I will not laugh at that if that happens. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I want this guy to be intimidating. Yeah, uh, but of course, you know, he was played by uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah, and he, he and you can see like he has like these slices over his face. Like he's got he met with he's a Jedi. He's been through something. Yeah, yeah. he's his face is all scarred up and stuff, which is cool. So we, we get to learn more about him. 
But I agree with it. Like that was an intense moment. Like being able a how they did it. Where he's like almost like at first you think he's giving him his lightsaber. Like he's giving up, and then he just kind of slowly turns. He just turns it on. I was just like, dude. Like, and it just like turns on and goes directly <laughs> through Han Solo. It, and in that moment where Han Solo is touching his face, like I was like, oh, I lost it there. I was, I like, was like, well, you know, he's not gonna say I love you because he wouldn't even tell Leia I love nope, you. He nope. says I know. But the look on his face, like he he almost like I, I I think I got two things out of out of Han Solo's look when he got stabbed. I think he was uh, a sense of disappointment, like yeah. you know, like we couldn't get to you. Like he lo- and also like a regret. Like it was his fault. His almost. fault almost. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like I. There's nothing I could do. Like. Have you noticed how many daddy issues there are in this whole there series? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got daddy issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what else, Corey? What else you um, got? Uh, okay, the whole First Order thing. Kylo Ren, when he takes the helmet off, first thing I thought of was Professor Snape from Harry Potter. Okay. Like the imagery of him, he looked and sounded a lot like Snape to me. And then there's... That's from Harry Potter, like you said. Then yeah. there's the red-haired guy, General Hux. And... When the two of them are together and and they're they're whiny and yeah. like trying to one up each other, it seems well, like. Well, because he's from Harry Potter as well. Yeah. yeah. Was that guy in Harry yeah, Potter? Yeah, he was in Harry Potter. Okay. I specifically wrote, <laughs> this came off as very Harry Potterish to me. Sure. Like, and, yeah. uh, and is he one of the Weasley brothers or yeah, something? Yeah, he's one of the Weasley brothers. Oh, okay. Or well, maybe or. that's why I got that impression yeah. from him, but. Um, Coming from the guy that's never <laughs> seen Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or not Star Wars, the, the Harry, Harry Potter. Potter sorry. Yeah. But um, the other thing with. Uh, with the First Order, I was kind of watching through the movie. I'm going, where are the adults in this place? Did you notice that? They were all, like, whiny kids. And there was nobody, like, there were no old people hardly. Nobody over the age of, like, 30. That had probably. any experience. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, like there weren't, like, the, the First Order was being run by these people that were our age. There was no old generals that had experience or anything like that. It's well, I, it felt like, to me, it's almost like, I, I feel like with Hux, I feel like he, this is, like, his baby. And I feel like he... Uh, with uh, Snoke, I felt like it was like, all right, we're gonna give you the chance to kind of do this operation, see how almost like yeah. a trial and error thing, you know, test it out, let's see how it works. And I feel like Snoke's like, I already got Ren in my back pocket, so if this fails, it doesn't matter. Right. I feel like he doesn't matter. I think he's almost like, whatever, let's see what happens. I do agree with that. There was a lot of younger crowd, but I kind of liked actually because it was very, you didn't know what was gonna happen, very right. unpredictable. And I think that. I know I I just love Kylo Ren so much. Like I I, I can't wait for he's gonna be pissed. He's I cannot be, wait to see. He's what gonna be mad. Him. He's already strong in the Force. We already know that. And of course, you know he he has to be weak in his lightsaber skills because he hasn't fought anyone with a lightsaber since the, the Academy. He's some sick lightsaber skills. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I I was kind of on the verge of okay, the moment happens with Han Solo. Then I thought we were gonna lose Chewie, and I was not prepared for that. I was no. like, please don't let us lose Chewie too. Yeah, Chewie safe. But when he like hollers out when Han, oh dude, falls. that made everything so real. Like that's his brother. He just <laughs> yeah. saw die in front of him. Like so I was like, dang. There was that. I was waiting for him to just start lighting Kylo Ren up. Like, <laughs> yeah. bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah. Well, he immediately presses the detonator to try yeah. to yeah. get him. Yep. But um, then they go they go outside of onto the into the snowy woods and all that, and that's where Finn and Ray kind of fight Kylo Ren. And I I was on the verge of thinking I was like, okay. Don't tell me that J.J. Abrams is going to Darth Maul this first movie. I thought oh, I was no. like, please tell us that he learned from past mistakes. Yeah. And okay, luckily something happens and it prevents Ray from ending Kylo Ren, and we get to see more of him in the next. Which movies. is great. I think Which, that was very smart. I really want him to make it to the third movie. Me too. I, I, I want him to build and grow. Yes, exactly. And he, that's what I'm saying. Like he's already strong in the Force, but imagine like Snoke being like. 
all right, so look at all these people. They don't mean anything to you. And, like, just brainwashing me even more. And, like, I, I think he needs to work with his lightsaber. That's not hard. You know, he already has the Force in him and all that yeah. stuff. Like, I feel like he's he's actually – they make a point in the movie where Rin doesn't know how strong he is. Like, he doesn't understand the magnitude because he's never got to test it beyond. And I think that's the first time, like, with Ray that he's really got to test it, you know, in so many years. And I think that's, you know, that's – I don't. Know. I think that's interesting to see what happens. But I, I agree with you. I want. I want. It'd be cool to have like Phasma in the, all three movies and have you know have everyone like you don't need to just like have different people in every you know pull people out. Yeah, I definitely need more Captain Phasma because it just seemed kind of they introduced her in this one, but they didn't really use her a whole lot. They, yeah. She was just kind of pointless. Yeah. It was almost like, uh, almost like a Boba Fett type role. Like, there she is, but I want to see more. Yeah. Because I want to know more about her. I want her to be more intimidating. Because from the from the posters and the pictures and all that, you're thinking, oh, well, this is different—a silver stormtrooper. I think trooper. if we saw her fight, I think that would have been made a difference. I think yeah. we need because she actually she seemed like an impending force. Like people respected her and right. like you know that and like she she was very like, hey, you're telling Finn like, hey, this is you don't do this and like she's very commanding and all that. You got that, but she she kind of had a moment of weakness too, you know, with the with the being captured and all that. But I think what's is great, I think you're going to see like with what you said Corey, I think you're going to see all these characters just grow. Yeah. I think this is set off to be an amazing trilogy and and I, and I think if we didn't like the characters in this one, that's it. They they were going to lose a lot of Which us, but I like where we're at. So I, do I. I think the yeah. next two are going to be great. Um so Two major things that we probably should ask each other. Sure. Um, okay. In the end, Ray and Luke are left standing on the island. Um, you think it's pretty obvious that Ray is going to end up being Luke's daughter? I, I say no um, for one reason. I, I don't think Luke would have just dropped her off on right. the planet because he's he he was a drop off, right? I don't I don't think he wanted to give his daughter. Uh, the same experience, you know what I mean? I think as a parent, you want your kid to have better than you had. Yeah. That's why I say no. Uh, but I do think she looks kind of like a Natalie Portman meets uh, Keira Knightley because they both have that similar nose and eyes and stuff. Like, I could see a resemblance there. Like, if you really look hard enough, I can see that a little bit. But I, I hope it's more clever than that. I hope she's... It, I'm not saying she's not related because she's obviously strong in the Force, so it makes sense if she's related to somebody we know. And she's been waiting for her family to come back for they, her. They dropped her off. Like, yeah. she like she was six years old. I'm like, who would do that? You know what I mean? Like, I th that's why... If it is, I think I think Ryan Johnson, or Ryan Johnson, um, the writer of Episode Eight, I think you know, with JJ's blessing, because JJ's kind of like the executive producer of all of this. He's not writing them anymore or directing them anymore, but I think he's kind of. I thought like, he was going to be kind of like supervising. He's like the of. Kevin Feige uh, yeah. of this uh, universe. Um, you know, the guy who's behind the Marvel movies. Uh, he's not writing it or directing it, but he's kind of having like a little bit of like story ideas. So that's why that's one thing I'm a little bit worried about is I I don't fully trust Ryan Johnson or Ryan Johnson. Uh, or the other guy that I forget his name. The other guy doing episode nine. Uh, but I don't really any particular reason why. I just I don't. They haven't done enough to show me that they're good directors. Um, okay. And they're both really like young directors. You and know? they're really like new to the scene. New Only to got the a scene. Yeah, I think I think Ryan Johnson had a really good movie uh, with the girl for, who played uh, April in um, uh, Parks and Rec. There's a really cool movie he did, an action movie. I think Safety Not Guaranteed. I actually really liked. Yeah. So he's got a cool visual style. So I think yeah. that movie was actually really it was really great. good. Yeah. So I think Ryan Johnson he has that one movie that I go okay. He's got he's got some cool ideas, but the rest of the movies were kind of iffy. And then of course the other guy, Trevor Morrow. Tomorrow I forget his name, but uh, yeah. he's he's like uh, I don't know. Like I I I looked up his IMD. He's very fresh, like very new. Sometimes you get cool new ideas. 
But I've, I just felt it's kind of weird to have him on because what happens, Corey and Deuce? I want to talk to you. What happens if eight isn't very good? Do you just go back to JJ and be like, JJ, write us back? Oh yeah. That, do you feel like you, you I, trust? I'm surprised they didn't just after this. I would have thrown money at JJ. Oh, yeah. and been like let's get rid of this it, guy for this, he's the one that made JJ. this film. Like he's yeah. the he's this is the, the first I've heard of him not doing the next two, and I'm kind of worried now. Yeah. So like that that kind of like I'm I'm I have I think I have from a visual standpoint because you know was it Gareth Edward uh, Gareth Edward, uh, Edwards the guy who did Godzilla he's the yeah. one doing uh, he's doing the Han one or the Rogue one uh, Rogue yeah, one Rogue I think one. Yeah. Uh, and he's got I an awesome like visual Godzilla. I didn't yeah. like the Godzilla story but I liked his visual style so I think he's got a good visual style but like I don't I am not sure about story and I think that's one of the most important things about this movie is the story was good the writing was great you know and and he's able to 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 direct the characters because you can get bad performances out of people but director is the one telling you that wasn't good do it again and that and I think that's why I think JJ you know he he's a, he is a fan and like this is this this is his love letter to Star Wars and yeah. I, I feel like for the most part it, we aren't the only ones alone on this I mean out of 350 critic reviews it's at a 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes so we're not behind, it's not like one of those things where it's like oh we're just being blindly fanboys of it like the most of the world loved it and it right. made a ton of money I don't know if you guys want to talk about the money oh it's made. It's it's broken like almost every opening day weekend record. It it, it just by like ten million dollars it actually beat uh, Jurassic World opening weekend. Uh, it's the number one Thursday, number one Friday, number one Sunday. It just it forty million on Monday, number dude. Number one pre-sale. Pre-sale over a hundred like, million. Shut Fandango down. The it first did. time Fandango's ever been shut but, but, down. But wow. think about this on Monday. Monday it made forty million on a Monday. That never happened. We saw it on a. We Tuesday, saw on Sunday night, Sunday night. That's Sunday insane, night. Yeah. though. Like yeah. forty million on a Monday. Get out of here. Mm. I don't care. No one made that money on a Monday. Well, I think they got lucky because the kids are out of school. Well, it's good timing, I think. And I also think you know, like the problem with a lot of December movies is usually the week of the Christmas that it drops off majorly because yeah. no one really goes to see his movies on Christmas. But if this can continue on, it's gonna. The only two franchises have ever broken two billion worldwide. Of course, that's uh, Titanic and Avatar. So it's on pace to crush that, and it's just. I guess Star Wars fans still are out there, I guess. I think we're all out there and we're going in droves, you know. People are loving it for the most part. Yeah. Um, okay, I talk a lot. What else you guys got? <laughs> um, I think another good thing that it ended with, probably one of my favorite parts was, okay, we lost Han. We're left with a hole. Chewie's left with a hole. He's got an empty pilot seat. Oh, that's a good point. Ray sits down next to him in the pilot seat, which Han was kind of mentoring her a little bit throughout the movie. Yeah. So I thought that they was They had a, a cool bonding moment yeah. in the movie. They were like, hey, they both talked uh, about shop. the ship, and yeah, then they she both like fixed the thing on the ship, yeah. and he's yeah. like, I never thought of that. So yeah. she's she's like, to me, she's the perfect combination of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. I agree. Yeah. And, and they, so they literally put her in the seat of Han Solo to take his place from here on out. No. And I love that transition. Me too. I, I thought that I was think great. That was great. Um, other big thing. Sure, go ahead. I specifically took tissues to this movie. I passed. We all had tissues. I, t- I gave tissues tissues to Deuce as yeah. we walked in. I was like, "Here, here are your personal pack of tissues. I've got my tissues. I yeah. will place them in the cup holder for anybody that needs them." Yeah. Did you cry? Three times. <laughs> I cried three times. Um. The th- let's see. I know the th- two of the three. I'm trying to remember the first time, but. I uh, oh the first time was when um, the opening crawl like I had tears in my eyes like I hearing the I music had goosebumps <laughs> goosebumps I I was like oh my god this is a Star Wars music we're back in the movies this is this is it almost felt surreal watching the crawl like this is actually happening we're watching another Star Wars movie uh, and of course Han you know I got teared uh, during that but actually I think the moment 
was the very end when I saw Luke's face. Like it, it was culminated throughout all thirty years, right, of watching these movies. Like he is a real person. Like this is his struggle. This is what he's going through. The look on his face of desperation. I lost it, man. Like tears are flowing down my face. Like it was perfect the way it shot. The the high angle, like uh, the helicopter shot, the three sixty shot. Show. I just loved all of it. It completed the picture. Nice framing in the shot. Like the the. Ray is as strong as she is. She's still young. She still needs teaching. She needs Luke to help because there's no one else out there. Yeah. No one there can help her out. So I, li- I like I said, I, I this this movie hit on an emotional level. Uh, day one purchase on Blu-ray for me. Oh, um, sure. I, I, I don't know it. if I'll go back to the movie theater and see it. Cause I'm going to see it, it a third time because yeah. uh, my wife uh, is a fan of Star Wars. No, it's obviously she hasn't gone yet. She hasn't gone yet, so I'll be seeing it definitely for a third time. And uh, I go, I go. You always, Deuce and I always say, vote with your wallet. Has she yeah. had the movie spoiled yet? No. She doesn't know anything that's happened. I hope these uh, doors are soundproof. Here. No, she's fine. No, <laughs> she's, no, no. she's. Um, I think she's playing Minecraft. Yeah. she's pretty good. Yeah. So, Deuce, did you cry? No, I think if I, I to be one hundred and ten percent honest, if I hadn't had it spoiled for me and I'd right. gone in fresh, I think Han Solo would have jacked me up just to be just real yeah. man about it. I think that yeah. probably would have messed me yeah. up. But like, I got the goosebumps when the crawl came on. I got really pissed when they started effing with Chewie. I'm like, no, nah, you need to shoot some people in the <laughs> face. Like, we ain't playing that game. Um, you know, but there wasn't anything that really – and the part at the end, I think, because I – for me, I saw it coming. Like, yeah. I'm like, she's going to find him. We're going to see him. That's going to be, like, the last shot of the movie because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and jaded or what, but it seems like – or maybe people just aren't as creative writers anymore, but – like everything is like uh, uh, telegraphed. Like I'm like she's gonna find it. It was predictable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I, I like. I, I don't know if that's the right word to use. I don't know if predictable is the right word. I think it's just good writing. I, I think yeah. I think this had to happen. I think I, I think all the only time I ever talked to anyone that it's negative about this movie, they're like, oh, it's New Hope 2.0. It had to be that way. We had horrible movies for the past 17 years of the prequels that didn't do anything right. Yeah, we need to I, have I something to write. Like, we needed to write the ship. We, we need to have familiarity. And, and that's I had this kind of the same conversation with somebody else the other day, and they were like, it's a soft reboot. And I'm like, you know what? We needed a soft we did. reboot. We did. We sure did. Like, he's like, well, Starkiller Base is basically does start 2.0, and they had to go blow it up. And I'm like, yeah, you know? And some of that's refreshing to us older fans <laughs> because yep. it's something we know. Yep. You know, and it's not Star Wars crazy is, and wild. I agree, know? and Star Wars is good again, and that's the thing is like r- love it. You know, yeah, I ain't mad at it. Yeah, like, we, I like the all movie. three of us. Love it, but all I liked three it. of us like the movie. Like yeah. it, you know, you know, different capacities, but we we feel like Star Wars is in the right, going in the right direction again. I think that's something you get out of this whole conversation. Yeah. Star Wars is back, yep. and it makes you feel good, and it makes you go, all right. Star Wars isn't just this joke now; it, it's a real thing. Because before it was like prequels were done. Oh, it's been ten years. They, they, this is just a joke. Star Wars is a joke, but now it's like this is legit. Like most of the most of the people you talk to really love this film. Like it's actually. I've yet to talk to anybody that straight up, except for one or two people. I've yet to run into anybody yeah. who like straight up hated yeah. it. So. And those people, I think, are hipsters anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this is popular to hate. Yeah, you know, it's popular to hate on. Something. Yeah, that's like the new meme now. Like I've never seen Star Wars. I'm like, really, really, <laughs> really. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. So. I am a youth pastor, and my lesson last Wednesday was all geared around Star Wars. Oh, and man, that's awesome. I did um, – so I had like 15 to 20 kids there probably, and I'm about halfway through this thing, through my message, and I finally just look up and I go – because we have a really uh, 
Polk County crowd, redneck kind of kind of crowd. And so I just looked at the kids and I was like, just by show of hands, how many people have never seen a Star Wars movie? Ninety-five percent of them raised their hands. I threw my notes over my shoulder and I, <laughs> I said, "Hours of work down the drain." <laughs> really? No, I, I'm surprised. I down kept on, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, these kids have never seen Star Wars movies, and uh, even some of their parents raised their hands. I was like, "You're adults, and you've never seen a Star Wars." So there movie? are people out there that have not seen. Oh yeah, it, but it is. But they know really what it is. Yeah. You should have asked them how many had seen Tombstone. <laughs> 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 All that would have gone yeah, up. Yeah. Our so, days of thunder. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was very upfront with them. Uh, during during my message, I was like, I'm not going to lie. I am taking tissues because I plan on crying during this movie. Yep. I'm just going to straight I'm not up gonna admit lie. it. I kind of wanted to. I wanted like, to. I really wanted to. I wanted that and, sweet and release. And here's something you guys need to realize, too, that we should point out. It's even better the second time you watch it. <laughs> because it really? because the first time you're like, okay, this is Star Wars. You're like, oh, you're all hyped. And you're like, you're just like, what is this? What is this? And you're all like, your brain's like trying to, you know, break it down. But the second time, you're like, Oh crap! I noticed something I didn't notice the first right. time. Oh, there's there's an Easter egg here. There's an Easter egg here. There's someone voiced. I won't go into that because people need to go check it out. But there's so many things that you notice more the That's second the time. That's the only reason I want to see it again. You need to I at least I'm one more wait time until either like go to the drive-in, like you said, or I might wait because we got that dollar theater out in Lakeland that mugs and movies, and I might try and do that. Yeah. So. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, like Deuce said earlier. Movie was spoiled for me, so yeah. I I knew what was coming, and once I knew what was coming, I knew how it was going to happen, and uh, so then it gets to that moment, and you're like, okay, here it comes, and so you're internally you're preparing yourself for this moment, um, but sorry, to the beginning, the the crawl, like you said, that you teared up during the crawl, I literally like whenever Star Wars popped up on the screen, dun -dun, I I went, yeah, and took a huge breather like yeah. deep breath yeah. to prepare myself like this is really happening yep. right now and I, I specifically remember doing that so then we get to the Han Solo moment and I have my tissues in hand ready because I'm prepared for full waterworks and uh, then it happens and I can feel the tear like welling up on my eyelid yeah it never fell down my cheek which I was kind of disappointed in myself but like when Chewie yells out in pain oh my god and then it's starting to like he falls and then the music's building up ray and finn react oh, and yeah. all this stuff like it's sinking in little by little after it happens i literally there was a very audible <laughs> oh. and that was yeah. it like yeah. but like, once oh, can I, get it together? <laughs> I did it like i snorted a little bit a little yeah. sniffle and then I, that kind of got it all out because then I was a little embarrassed. And uh, my wife was sitting next to me, and she was on the verge of crying. But once I did that, she just started laughing at me, and I felt stupid. Oh. <laughs> but um. that's that was – I was so wanting to cry, and I yeah. expected to cry, but, but see, I didn't cry. I think, I, think, I think you guys were biased because you guys knew the spoilers ahead of time. So I don't think it's yeah. as predictable as you yeah. think it is because I think because you already knew what's happening, it seemed predictable because – I went into it not expecting anything. Well, I anything. mean, I didn't. The thing at the end, I didn't have spoiled for me. The but I'm just talking about in general. I just, yeah, I'm talking about in general. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel I like it kind of affected your mindset. It from probably the beginning. did, and I'm kind of now that I've seen it and I know everything's going to happen. I I think I might take your advice and like I said, I might wait a month or two and go to like the sure because you know it's going to stay in theaters as long as they can. For oh money, yeah, so but I think I want to go see it again because I think you're right. I think now that I'm not so brace for impact sure. i need to know everything's going on like i know what the story is now sure. i can watch it and just enjoy it so you Corey, you recommend this movie oh highly recommend i mean even if you're not a star wars fan 
I think you obviously should watch at least the original trilogy before sure. going to see it. At um, least so you kind of know who the people are. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a standalone thing, but it would help to have some sure. connection yeah. to the previous characters. Sure. Deuce, do you recommend this film? Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Like, I was telling some of the girls at work about it, and I was like, yeah. look, I mean, I know this isn't really your bag, but trust me, every, everybody and their brother's going to see it. Yeah. Go and see it, it's fun. Yeah. Well, that's how I so. explained it to the kids the other night. I said, look, even if you've never seen Star Wars or you're n- you don't have any interest to see Star Wars, yeah. I said, this is a historical pop culture this is a touchstone movie yeah, I said, like this is one of those references things, forever yeah i said this is one of these movies that 40 years from now you could tell your kids and your yep. grandkids i remember when i saw that in theaters 40 yep, years it ago. sure is and that's why i wanted to take my son and i wanted him to realize you know like this is this, this is, is a, a big, big deal this is a yeah. big deal you know and i can you know him and i could talk about it you know 20 years from now and whatnot so so and yeah I, so our good friend Corey, deuce and i we recommend Star Wars: The Force Awakens uh, by J.J. Abrams, and of course, 2017, we'll be getting um, the uh, Episode Eight, which we're not, we're, we don't know what it's Rogue called. Rogue One's yet. coming out. Next. Rogue One's next coming out next, actually. Yeah. yeah, so I'd be curious. And to are see. they going to al- drop them always at Christmas? Is that kind of the the going theme, or have they decided? That I don't know. I know yeah. all the other Star Wars movies came out in May, but this yeah. is kind of interesting that they dropped it during December. But it, they did really well during December. I'm so. thinking they might stick. W- I, if I was them, I'd stick with it. I'd say let's drop all the main Star Wars ones at, at Christmas. Now, if the 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 offshoot movies they want to do at other Summertime times of the year or, or summer, that's fine. But I think but this I think. is what I think. The last thing I want to say about this is I, I think this is going to have the Marvel effect where Marvel. You know, pretty much reinvigorated the franchise with the Iron Man movie, right? Oh, yeah. And then it can just put, you know, Marvel in an awesome limelight. I feel like now this has righted fans and this has brought new fans in. I feel like Star Wars is going to be the new Marvel, but hopefully in a good way, not desensitized. You know, like people yeah. are kind of getting a little sick of Marvel now, but like I think Marvel did a great idea. They had a great, you know, branding of their brand, like rebranding themselves. I feel like with Star Wars, like, now people are like, all right, well, if this is this good, Rogue One, we're going to all go see it because, oh, yeah. like, Star Wars is in good hands. I think that was the thing people yeah. were worried about. What's going to happen to my thing that I love? You know, Lucas, like, messed it up. Now J.J. Abrams. Yeah, they were, everybody's worried they're going to Mickey Mouse this thing down. Sure, and, yeah. Like, I am not worried. They've got Disney money behind them. This yep. is going to be amazing. I think amazing. that's why, like, it sure. doesn't worry me. Like, they're already about to break ground on the Star Wars area at, you know, Hollywood Studios. You know, Disney – Disney knows entertainment. Yeah, it, sure. For whatever faults, like them, yep. dislike them, they know what's up. And they know fan service. They, they, yeah. They're good to their fans. And, and they're about that merchandise. Yep. <laughs> and, of course, as of taping, um, this movie has already made over fi- $590 million worldwide, uh, which is incredible. Um, it hasn't even been opened, what, five days? No. It's, it's just insane. So uh, continue to go vote with your wallet. If you haven't seen it, the three of us recommend it. And, of course, uh, how do the people find you on the Internet, Corey? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Gordo Gringo. Um, I think on Instagram it's at FL underscore Corecore, C O R C O R 85. Awesome. Nice. Of course, dudes, how do people find us on the internet? You can find us on the internet at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine. Also, send us your emails to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com, and we're taking mailbag questions, so feel free to send us those. Also, we're kind of getting to the end of the year. Actually, this might be the beginning of the new year by the time this episode drops. Send us some feedback, guys. You know, we've been doing this now. We're over 128 episodes or something now. Uh, Give us your feedback. We kind of want to know what you're liking, what you're not liking, because I've got a feeling we're going to have some shakeups come next year with the show. Good shakeups, mind you. 
but we're going to be changing some format things around, and we want to we want to hear what you like and what you absolutely, didn't like. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so definitely check us out. Uh, send us an email. Of course, we're talking about the happy hour with Johnny Deuce. There's not one, not two, but three ways to put your hashtags uh, in the uh, social media of choice, which is hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. See ya.